As an unlicensed doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake Doctor's Orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Tavares to take the draw. Scrummed. Puck goes to the near boards. And that's going to do it. They'll take it to the wall and pin it. And there's the horn that ends the game. Well, some nights you walk away from the rink and you say it was a close game and we deserve better. I don't know if this game would go in that category. That's it. That's all. I sort of disagree with Jim Ralph, to be quite honest. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Selleck with you on Leafs Nation Post Game, brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers, breaking down a 3-2 loss here to the Dallas Stars. You can follow along via Twitter at the Gold Muzzy. Um, at Gord Stellig, how would you depict this walk to the subway tonight, Gord Stellig? Well, I thought they were battling to the end. They yeah. end up out shooting Dallas 31-19, and considering they only had three shots on goal, the Leafs did in the first period. Much more competitive last two periods. We saw for the first time in many years, Kyle Clifford, when they're down 2-0, um, be proactive, engaging Jamie Oleksiak in a fight. And this has been a criticism about the Leafs lacking that element, and that seemed to really spark the Maple Leaf team after them, where, you know, you got to agree with Jim, is I don't remember a team or a time that the other team scored on their first shot of each period. So the first shot of the game for the seventh time this season goes in against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then the second and third period, same thing. So you're talking about three goals as well in the first minute of a period, which is a cardinal sin, first and last period. I mean, you can't always stop them, but just you want to be some attentiveness and some focus. That doesn't happen. So that part was just you came out each period and got your pocket picked. And, you know, that's the part where you can say, okay, uh, they, they got kicked, whatever the score may be. But I did like that there was fight in them. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there was literally and figuratively at that. Kyle Clifford and Jamie Alexiak drop in the mid seemed to uh, ignite the Maple Leafs a tad there in the second period. Um, you know, my major takeaway uh, was not only the fact that Dallas scored early in each period, of course, but also, um, you know, you, you look at this Maple Leafs team, sort of the resolve they show. They fought back, uh, you know, a tad. Freddie Anderson back in the lineup. I mean, that that's always great as well, but um, j- just more so. Dallas defensively and how that could be conducive or more conducive, I should say, to to playoff success in that grinding style. But my, you know, my takeaway was that Toronto went into Dallas, another tough building to play in a couple weeks back, as we talked about in our award-winning pregame show, Leafs Nation pregame, and put forth a professional effort. I think Dallas delivered the professional effort on the road. Didn't play a you know a colorful game by any rate, but they came into a tough building. And they won the hockey game. Gordon. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you mentioned that, that really, yeah, Toronto played like the Dallas-style road game yeah. in Dallas. And then they got the uh, same thing happened back here. I did mention uh, one guy to watch was Gurianov. Yeah. And he got that quick goal in the first period. I thought in Dallas as well, when the Leafs had the game won, he got one sneaky goal and Dallas got back in the game. And, you know, that, that guy was kind of a difference, a bit of a spark because the Dallas star players hadn't been scoring. Tyler Sagan gets uh, off a, a big streak as far as that goes today, getting a goal. But uh, there, I sort of considered three top defense scores in the NHL, Nick, and I thought yeah. they're all out west. San Jose, Nashville, and Dallas. And really, the other two teams have had some problems. And you're seeing a great Dallas D. Think about Miro Heiskanen, number three overall oh, pick yeah. behind Nico Heischer, Nolan Patrick, 
spent the year back overseas and comes and, you know, we're talking about Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes that are rookies. Well, this is his second year, and he's really fit in well. And you're just seeing the strength that Dallas has that defense and their goaltending, and that's where their success is based on. It's tough to penetrate it, and the Maple Leafs tried, I thought, real hard uh, in the third period, weren't able to do it. Other thing, okay, ends up being the deciding goal. It's not the end of the world, but... It is I, for me. The chintzy penalty. <laughs> the chintzy penalty. That was terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Wes McCauley must have been rolling his eyes because his partner, Dean, Mar- Dean Morton... Dean Martin, Which <laughs> Dean Martin would have been a better <laughs> ref in that minute. Anyway, chintzy penalty against John Tavares in the first minute, third period. Yeah. John Tavares, the consummate pro, he even, he even gave the shoo-shoo wave, yeah. which is about as uh, vehement an argument you get out of him. Now, you you got to kill them off, and that's where Dallas scored in the power play. That ends up being the game-winning goal. But, man, I, I either way, I can't stand chintzy penalties, especially when the game's close and they factor that that much into how the game went. Yeah, and being a Leaf fan the way I am, what really hurt is that the pride of Brampton, Ontario, who's forever linked to the Maple Leafs with the Kessel deal, uh, Tyler Sagan ends up scoring and snapping a 17-game goalish drought on the road here. And how many shots, you said? 71 shots on goal. Wow. Luke Fox is beside me, told me that stat. Shocker, shocker there, but... Uh, it, a wide open net, and again, it's just amazing how hockey works. How frequently this happens, where just a terrible call. I'm sure the you know Wes McCauley would admit it right away. It leads to a goal seconds after it happens. You know. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it's uh, it, one thing that they've done well. They don't have Pavelski. They don't have Radulov, and they've had a few guys. Cogliano got a nice ovation. Local guy for his 1,000th career NHL game. They just said from Woodbridge, Ontario. That was nice. How about to Roman do Polak got nothing for game yeah, 800? Roman Polak got nothing. That <laughs> he's but, the former Leaf. <laughs> but the, you know, now Jamie Ben got a hat trick the other night. But yeah. the point being is, with scores out of the lineup due to injury or guys that are kind of cold like Sagan's been, they're finding other ways to win games. And you know the Dallas Stars, uh, there but for the grace of one bad break, could have beat the St. Louis Blues in overtime that year. That was the toughest battle the St. Louis Blues had last year to win the Stanley Cup. So as you know, Gord, I like to put out the numbers uh, after every day of games in the NHL, numbers since the coaching change. Granted, again, Dallas, different uh, different tune there with Jim Montgomery and now Rick Bonus, the interim. interim. Uh, they're 16-8-2 now. The Maple Leafs falling to 21-10-4 under Sheldon Keefe. And Dallas, I mean, no shocker here, but they're still playing the same style of hockey they did before. Um, the goaltending's been there, defensively speaking. Um, and they're not using injuries as an excuse, which is a league-wide thing. We're even seeing in the Columbus-Buffalo game right now. Buffalo goes up late in very Buffalo fashion. They blow it. Uh, it's since been tied in the last-minute regulation by the Jackets, so they're off to OT. Another point for Columbus continues for them. But don't use that as as an excuse. And Dallas could have could could have folded it up before this game even happened. There were though two top six forwards and Alex Radulov, who was placed on IR today, Joe Pavelski, and they you know they they gave a, a good account of themselves. I mean, we expected it here at Scotiabank Arena. And for the Maple Leafs, um, the negotiation line no more, right? Um, so they split up the big line they had started the last couple of games with. But I thought this team played much better in the old format of the old top six, Gord. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. They went back to it. I think I don't mind Sheldon Keith trying some yeah. things because they've been a little bit, I, I use that expression, off their oats a bit that they've, they've been of late. So just trying to get some things going. It's still an excellent record under Sheldon Keith. And again, the scoreboard watching. And uh, we'll go over all the games later on. But the Florida Panthers lose 6-2. So uh, that's kind of what you're doing if a Leaf fan right now, because it seems cut and dried 
that that will be the battle for that final spot in the Eastern Conference or in the Atlantic Division. Uh, more and more, it looks like more Metropolitan teams are battling for those two wildcard spots. So we're doing some scoreboard watching that way. So at least the Florida Panthers did not make any ground on the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. You're right. It's a position we didn't think, quite frankly, we'd be in here sitting on February 20 or 13, 23rd. Uh, 13th, 2020, to be in a position here Whatever in Leafs Nation is, yeah. uh, the day before Valentine's That's Day. That's correct, I yeah. It. I had a beautiful poem to start off this broadcast. I thought it would lead to success. It has not, quite frankly, so I'm never saying a poem again on these airwaves. But uh, we, we didn't think we'd be in this position, Gord. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm checking my latest apps, the Sportsnet app, for the latest scores. And just 24 games remaining in this season. The Panthers lose. They still have a game in hand. They're two points back. It's getting to that point where every game is like... I hate the cliche must win, but you, you, you got to grind out some some points. They didn't tonight, but you, there, there's no there's no excuses when you look at this weekend. A back to back, we'll see Campbell, we'll see Anderson. You're playing two inferior opponents in Ottawa and Buffalo. You got to get three or four points at least in my world. Yeah, and there's still two games left against the Florida yeah. Panthers. There were you know the first two, obviously uh, they. They didn't show up. They Florida's didn't play been owning best. Toronto this year. So, yeah. yeah, so though, I mean, like, like I've mentioned many times, who would have thought the big battle this year with the big rivalry would be Florida? That's such a non-traditional <laughs> rival. But they packed that, their barn. I know that's, that. Yeah. That's the way it's going to. That's the way it's going to go. And they dug a deep, deep hole. The Maple Leafs did, as we know, made a coaching change, and to their credit, they got out of that hole. But it just means you're just on a ledge. It's different. So you're on a ledge, basically, and that's what the Leafs and their fans are hanging on, uh, hoping they can hang on to this playoff position. It is a precarious situation, to say the least. We're just getting cooking here on uh, Leafs Nation post-game. Again, still to come, Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada as we inch closer to the deadline. These will become even more riveting to go through. Sheldon Keefe upcoming as well, the uh, post-game presser here, and inside the locker room we go. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic, brought to you by... Your GTA Acura retailers are listening to Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 59 and the Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. This ain't like when you're at a game and sign up for a credit card just to get the prize and then you immediately cancel the credit card. Because there's no prize when you sign up for our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the Fan on Demand. I'm not trained, nor am I a professional, but we'll do our best to break down this uh, 3-2 loss here to the Dallas Stars on home ice. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Selleck, Leafs Nation postgame, brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers, I'm told, by our uh, Drake lookalike, Vic Pilati, and we're close to the uh, the presser here for Sheldon Keefe. Uh, over, under on seven minutes talking tonight. Under. Yeah? Under. But he likes he to talk. We like that. Yeah, he's always longer than Mike Babcock was, and... Uh... You know, he's they've, he's done a good coaching job the last few weeks. He's done a good coaching job, period. But yeah. the team really seemed to rally and relate to him and got in got in a flow and we're firing on all cylinders. And, you know, they haven't been so much of late. And goals have been a little tougher to come by, but they've uh, scraped for a lot of points. You know, three out of four on the weekend. They came back win the other night. So uh, at a time when it's tough sledding, they're getting – their fair share of points. Yeah, it is the ebbs and flows of an NHL season, don't get me wrong, but again, you can tell with each and every passing game, especially when they play teams with something to play for, the games become more meaningful and there's less space out there, which I think we have to take into account, especially when you look at an analytics-based team like the Maple Leafs who are looking to score goal after goal after goal. You might have to modify your game style going forward. And again, I think games like this, especially teams like Dallas who play this tight-checking brand, it's important to play these type of games. Well, I, I love that line, less space. And that yeah. really was synonymous with Mike Babcock's Detroit Red Wings, to yeah. their credit, that you know he, that 
I'm talking about the teams that made the playoffs, not won Stanley Cups, you know, the later part. But that was a big thing. You, you looked up and there was no space at all. And that's a, a style of D. It's, it's a mental and physical part, just smart that way. And, and they're physical. And Austin Matthews got a little miffed about things. Showed some he, bite. Yeah. He had a little bit. Of, he had a little bit of bite in him going after Klingberg and going after Stephen Johns and vice versa. So I mean, the upside is you like to see it from Austin Matthews. The downside is they like to get somebody like that off their game as yeah. well. So, uh, but you know, from time to time, it just shows the the emotions. Uh, you, you like emotions in the game. And uh, I, I like that feistiness. An edger type feel in this one for sure. And I am with you. Dallas was physical, and we have seen teams in the last couple of weeks do that to the Maple Leafs, especially from the Western Conference, especially from the uh, the Central Division. And we, we've come to know that type of style. Saw it against Arizona the other night. Definitely in this one with the Dallas Stars, they're going to play that brand a bit different than the Eastern Conference style, but certainly. You look at the interdivisional games, they're so vastly important, Gord. Two upcoming this weekend and a back-to-back, Ottawa first, then Buffalo both on the road. Well, they called it the heavy style, and no longer is it Death Valley days in California, but right. that's what used to happen. Just ask Peter Horchuk when he went to San I'd Jose, not, no. Los Angeles, and Anaheim, and uh, the Maple <laughs> Leaf team just got handed their breakfast, lunch, and dinner when he took it over, and that, now it's not the same that way. Those are all teams that have their struggles, but... There's, there still is that element with a lot of the teams. I mean, the St. Louis Blues is a good example. Yeah. And Dallas, they played them. That was the playoff series they had last year. And, again, we'll, we'll talk about it every single game because the hope is the Maple Leafs get to the playoffs again. Yeah. And then the questions uh, will be answered about is that lack of sandpaper or physicality is that a problem in the playoffs or not? And speaking of questions, we want to find out more, of course, on Andreas Janssen, who left this game after 20 minutes after the first period with a knee injury. And uh, I wonder who's coming into the lineup. Pontus Aberg really hasn't shown me much. I, I love his nickname, the one I made in the Pope, but he, he's doing nothing out there. There's nothing, yeah. nothing You better talk on. to the Pope. Yeah. The Pope better go to confession. You've got to watch you know, HBO and the new Pope or something. Get back because, on track. Uh, yeah, yeah, Janssen, it was a collision with his own player. That's why it really wasn't noticeable. Yeah. So it was an innocent-looking play, but he appeared to be in quite some duress. And Stumper. anything about the knee, you know, it doesn't matter. It is sometimes the most innocent-looking plays, um, you know, can have the worst injuries that way. We see Mikhaev up here all the time. He doesn't have the eight no layers. No soup with him, yeah. He I heard he's going to have a battle with Jack Campbell to find out who's going to go by Soupy here. Cause then, well, it's, uh, maybe they both will. I don't know, but it's uh, soupy he's, one, he's got the eight levels of bandages off. And I, and I mean that in all honesty because obviously the, the, the microsurgery that was done after that incredible cut he had yeah. uh, involved a lot. It had to be very precise, but, you know, he seems to be – getting better Moving that along, way, yeah. you know, a little bit more ability. So he's another guy for down the road, of course. Yeah, and that's another thing to look at as we get closer to the February 24th deadline. I think this team could use another depth forward. Uh, they got, you know, of course, Kyle Clifford in that deal for Jack Campbell with Jack Campbell. Uh, but I think in a perfect world, they'd love at least another one. You know, you'd want at least one defenseman as well. Um, I thought Lilligren and Sandy and the youngsters on the back end had their issues defensively. It is contagious. I mean, Toronto isn't the best defensive team in this league, but I think it really showed, especially against a heavy team, that these yeah. guys are still really, really young. Gordon. No, that, that's exactly it. Yeah. The Dallas Stars, it's, it's, like, vets, yeah. it's like a, shir- a shark going after their prey mm-hmm. and knowing that they're the young guys on defense and they were paired together quite often and, and, yeah. uh, and, and playing the heavy game on them. And uh, that's just the kind of experience they're going to get. I mean, that's the the, the, t- the the thing about it is the growing pains. And if they do grow from that and improve and get better and figure it out, 
that's what's huge. Uh, if they don't, that's a problem. So that it's it's understood that'll be part of the proing games for those guys trying to break into the National Hockey League. Meantime, Austin Matthews, uh, career high forty-one goals, and I think like twenty-eight of them have been absolute snipes. What a shot to beat one of the hotter goalies in this league in Ben Bishop tonight. Yeah, great goaltending tandem they have too, yeah. and uh, uh, Anton Hudobin. I know Mark Savard spoke volumes about him when he was a teammate in Boston. Thinks he's a very underrated goaltender, and I think if he's you look at his play, too. He's, yeah. Well, yeah. if you think of his play, he, he, he is an underrated goaltender. But Austin Matthews just kind of takes it upon himself and gets that puck, and it, it's it's like it's it's like a sniper adjusting his gun, you know, his rifle, and he just does that and he fires it where like there's one eighth of an inch. Basically, right inside the post, you can see the goaltender almost going, "How the hell did that get in?" You know, wondering about it that way. And uh, anyway, it was um, that's what happened, and uh, it was a nice goal. And, but at the end of the day, it had some chances at the end. We're going kind of going back at, it at the end to tie it up. Whether it was Matthews and that trying to trying to fire some shots, and again, I thought the Leafs' offense was good trying to tie it up. But you saw the Dallas Stars as well. They block it they plug the middle yeah and also they push you outside so you're taking the shots from not the best places yeah and speaking of that i mean a, a man we know does that quite effectively and did that in toronto for a couple of years roman polak uh we're number 45 now with dallas um here's sheldon keith here we go, here we go. Forward another weekend of three three and four nights I, you know i think we'll be playing against a team that you know is going to make it hard on you defensively and then you can't spot them a lead it's just going to get even harder uh, so yeah, it's, it's a real tough team to play against when you're chasing the game. It was the opposite. We were down in Dallas. We played with the lead uh, virtually the whole game all the way through, and, and they had to open up. So we had lots of chances, lots of good things happening for us. It was a much different hockey game. We spot them the lead here, and really at the start of every period, you start you spot them goals like that, and uh, it's going to make it real tough. Any more penalties than you guys usually take as well, including the bench minor. How concerned are you about that? I mean, concerned about it. it, it uh, the Marner call, I think if we were going to go back and pull out the video, I think we could probably call that penalty 30 times in the game, both ways. For some reason, that one was selected. Um, just funny things that happened. I, I thought we could have been on the power play more than we were, but that's not the difference in the game, really. Any update on the uh, injury to We'll know more tomorrow, but... Uh, it's a knee injury that's not going to be short term. Is it a focus issue to start a period shuffle, or is it just the way the game goes? I mean, I think it's 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 just kind of the way the game went. Um, you know, I thought that we started the game pretty well in terms of our ability to have the puck and be in control, and then it's, we just you know we were a little bit casual on on the one they get a stick on it and they get him behind us, you know, and then it's in the net. So it's. Uh, yeah, is it a focus thing, an execution thing? Uh, we got to be a lot sharper. We had all the numbers. We were in full control there. We just uh, didn't take care of it. Muslin suggested there was a disconnect between the forwards and defensemen. Said sometimes you guys want to go fast, sometimes you want to build, and you sort of caught in between at points tonight. How do you safeguard against that or, or prevent that from happening when you're sort of reading off each other? I guess? Well, I, I think part of it is a symptom of what was happening in the game, right? I mean, you, you're said you give the team like them a lead and after that point they're really not not trying to score much they're going to be in their structure the entire time and when that's the case it's it's a real balance because at times you want to go real fast but you're going in real fast into a wall uh 
so you want to make sure you're organized so then then you get impatient and it's just to me it's a symptom of just the way the game goes and that's going to happen but you know that's the with how we're trying to play as a team that's going to be an issue for us at times but uh it's even harder when a team is just going to sit back and uh, you know play in structure the way they did do you anticipate that style of, of play that, that they execute to be what you'll see in the playoffs and down the stretch I think it would depend on on who we play. I don't think it's not the kind of thing you just flip a switch and do overnight. I mean, that team's been committed to it um, all season, and you know they're they're doing that. Uh, uh, it's good or better than anybody in the league. Like I said, it's a much different hockey game down in Dallas when we we get the lead, and the the game's way different. You spot them a lead here; they're on the road. Uh, it makes it makes it for a hard game. That said, obviously, I thought once. Uh, you know, the, uh, Clifford got his fight. The emotion, the energy level of the game changed significantly. The players responded very well. And uh, then we started to come. Uh, but that that didn't last long enough for us. We didn't get the even strength goal. Um, it was, you know, to build on the power play goal that we got. Um, and then, you know, we're coming. We're trying to get a push in the, to start the third. And now you're shorthanded before you know it. And then it's you win a face-off, don't get an exit, and it's in your net. So, uh, as I said, you can't can't spot a team like that goals. What you've seen over the last number of games, when a team stymies you guys the way they did tonight, do you have to adapt the way you play compared to the way you want to play at the beginning when the score is 0-0 zero, zero or you get a lead? Yeah, yeah, you do have to adapt for sure. I and mean, I didn't think we did a good job of that um, through the game. Like I said, they, they make it really challenging. And, you know, it, it's... Uh, something where you can get a little bit frustrated at times, but it um, doesn't help our cause. And you try to get regrouped after after the first period and you come out and before you know it, you're down again. And um, like I said, I think, think we were a little sharper here or there. We get a, you know, get a save on one of those goals. I think the game changes dramatically. Um, it, it didn't go our way here today. And, uh, you know, offensively, we haven't been good here for quite some time. Seems like the better we've played defensively, uh, we've gotten worse offensively. We, we haven't struck that balance that we want to have in terms of the offense that we've been able to to uh, to generate over time um, with, you know, being better defensively. Because I thought we were, you know, again, they're not really pushing the envelope, but I thought we did a pretty good job today. We didn't give up very much at all. And the ones that we did, of course, you know, they, got, they get in behind us like we knew, 34 and 24. Watching in the pre-scout, they're they're giving teams a real hard time in terms of their speed and how they get behind you. So we were we talked a lot about that, and that was an issue today. But other than that, I don't think we gave up anything for the most part in the whole game. But you know, when you're when you're chasing the game, you're trailing, you need to find ways to generate more offense, and we, we weren't able to do it. Do you see yourself going back to the Martin O'Neill and Matthews line again? Uh, yeah, I, I I could see it. Uh, our our lineup and our look changes a lot here in terms of that top nine with Johnson being out both in the game and how things are going. And um, I thought that that line, those three guys uh, in the first period, I think the shot attempts when they were on the ice were fourteen to three for us or something like that. So we had it something like that. Uh, they're fully in control of the game when they were out there, but not a lot was happening toward the net. Um, but then it was also just the other lines weren't having the same level of success. We lost uh, lost Andreas Johnson and kind of had to mix it up a little bit. How did you feel about Freddie's night in his return? 
I thought we made it really challenging for him. I mean, he hasn't played first shot of the game. A guy's coming in, in alone uh, on the top of the circles in. And so we didn't help him in that regard. Probably didn't help him in the sense that we didn't give up much else. He didn't have, get a chance to really get comfortable in the game. There's no, there's no easy shots coming at him. Uh, so probably a, a tougher game for him in that sense. But, um, you know, we got to do a better job for him in terms of getting him goals and getting him help, getting him support. But, uh, you know, I think as a team here, we've got to regroup. Like we're, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to stay away from the arena again tomorrow. We just, you know, we, we, as you're seeing, we're losing guys and we still got a number of guys that are battling some illnesses and pushing through it. And we got a lot of hockey coming up here. So we're going to stay away tomorrow and get ourselves out to Ottawa and get ready for a big weekend. Thanks. There you have it, the minutes eater himself, Sheldon Keefe. And uh, one of the words I pulled out of that, Gord Stelic, was balance. And I think he's right in bringing up that this team has probably been much better defensively as of late, but they're, they're struggling to find that balance, you know, having a strong offense to go with that strong defensive structure. Yeah, well, you know, his answer is well thought out. Yeah. And uh, he's very forthcoming. And, uh, yeah, that that's the part. They've played better defensively, but for whatever reason it appears to be at a cost. Uh, I I like you know just basically you can't you you can't play behind against the Dallas Stars. You put yourself behind the eight ball, so you don't want to really be chasing any team in general. But this is a tough team to chase when you can never get the lead and you're down one nothing in the first minute of play. It's um it's unusual. Coaches now don't delve into penalty calls so much, but tonight you know I thought he ha- he tiptoed around it well, but not thrilled about a couple of the calls and you know you and I just not thrilled about the Dean Morton call on John Tavares first minute of the third period like just a real chintzy call in a close game like that anyway so be it uh Dallas Stars were full value for their win and he also you know Ludi said Andreas Janssen's going to be out for a yeah. while and then that flu bug that's gone around a lot of teams and you know he's intimating that there's stuff going on here still and guys are playing at not 100 percent. so they'll hope that a quiet day tomorrow will help whatever those situations are so the panthers have been having a lot of success with with uh, defensemen on forward would you put marinchin on the fourth line don't answer that mark Plastic <laughs> well, and mike matheson seems like every defenseman plays fourth line and scores for florida well but... i don't know if they did, did they do it again tonight because it uh, didn't work but the other night yeah basically to put uh, i like making jokes but i fun. know but put it with nola cherry yeah as kind of a somewhat desperate measure Joel Quenville did it and because uh, we saw Pissick do it against the Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs a week earlier Got a hattie. and they each had a goal two assists and were plus three uh, I'm talking about Matheson Acherry and Pissick in the game the other night but tonight fortunately for people that are watching the out-of-town scoreboard the uh, the Florida Panthers uh, are defeated by the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, we're still waiting word. Uh, we're going to join contact here uh, momentarily with Chris Johnson of uh, Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca and Hockey Night in Canada. 3-2 loss here at Scotiabank Arena. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Selleck happen to be joined now by the one and only pride um, of, of Coburg, Ontario, of course. And Along with Justin Williams. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. you gotta, you got to add that in. It's Chris Johnson. Uh, Chris, uh, quite a lengthy post-game presser there, but your thoughts on this uh, loss to the Stars tonight? Well, I mean, there's lots of ways to dig into it. Uh, you know, it's certainly a different game when the Leafs fall behind than, than the one we saw January 29th down in Dallas where Toronto got ahead and I think, you know, was able to play a little bit more the way they want to play. But, you know, probably my biggest takeaway is is learning after the game about Andreas Johnson's knee injury, uh, you know, being something that's going to keep him out long term because, you know, this is – I know every team has injuries, but it's getting to be, a, you know, a, a serious impediment, I guess, to – 
to the Leafs at this point, uh, the number of, of key bodies that they have down this year. And, uh, you know, I know Janssen hasn't really got his, his footing under him because he did have an ankle injury previously and is still trying to, to get his way back up to speed. But uh, the depth uh, is the strength of this team, and it's it's going to be tested here as they, they go into the stretch run because there's injuries, there's illnesses, and there's a, a lot of games to be played. Yeah, he intimated about the illnesses as well that we don't know. So, you know, they are they almost seem like they're playing that way, that they are a little bit under the weather. And uh, I, 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 as I said, I like Sheldon Keefe. He's pretty, he's really forthcoming, talks a lot about of other things, very candid about things. And it is interesting, the last few weeks, he acknowledges that they've been working at being better defensively. Ideally, you don't want it to uh, your offense to suffer. But for whatever reason, they got better at one end and the other end has struggled. Yeah, you know, it's 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 tough for me to put my finger on it. You know, I, I didn't think they had a bad game tonight. Um, you know, Dallas is the best team at limiting scoring chances in the league. So, you know, I think that there's no reason to expect uh, Toronto would be uh, all around the net. And, and yet, you know, they were there with a chance at the end of the game. And, and you know, obviously the, the, the early goals and the periods stung because it just it, it doesn't allow you to build momentum, especially the one – in the third period, you know, I thought the Leafs had some pretty good buzz towards the end of the second. Austin gets his goal to get it back to two one, and then you know quickly it goes to three one. So, you know, it wasn't a it, it wasn't a horrible effort by any stretch, um, but you know that's a that's a difficult team to play against. It's a team that appears to be on its way to the playoffs on on the other side of the conference, and one that went all the way to Game Seven of the second round last year. And um, you know, I think there's there's maybe something to be learned. For Toronto, should they, they face a similar stingy opponent here down the stretch about staying patient, about not you know giving up easy goals, uh, because you know they shot themselves in the foot a little bit with some of the turnovers on the on the goals against, and you know if you just stay within your game, you know I think that that uh, things will come a little easier for for the Leafs than they did tonight. Yeah, and I went over the numbers a bit earlier on. Dallas now 16-8-2 under Rick Bonus, and again, a coaching change was made for different reasons. wasn't, uh, you know, uh, results-oriented like the Maple Leafs. Joined by Chris Johnson here after a 3-2 loss to the Dallas Stars. Um, I thought for youngsters, Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren, one of you know, more of their tougher nights so far in their early NHL careers. Um, you know, when you look at the sort of the brain trust and the thought here going forward between now and February 24th, do nights like these prove the Maple Leafs need at least one more defenseman, if not two? Well, I'm sure on paper it's easy to conclude yeah. that. I, I don't think it's easy to pull off that trade. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, ideally these guys probably were both with the Marlies at this point, even as good as Sandine in particular has been. You know, we're still getting our first kind of looks here at, at Timothy Lilligren. Um, but, you know, this is a situation, and I think uh, everyone has an understanding there are going to be nights like tonight where, where you're right, that they showed their age, the relative lack of experience. You know, obviously they, you know, Dallas is, is a pretty heavy team and, and try to get in on them, force them, uh, put them in uh, uncomfortable situations. I think they're pretty successful at that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm i still not sure we're going to see a big trade here. You know, I, 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 it's, it's obviously possible. It's been much discussed, but, you know, a lot of those – the underpinning of that idea was that the Leafs could trade, you know, one of their, their middle six forwards, if you want to call it, or middle tier forwards. And mm-hmm. unfortunately they've just lost one now to what sounds like a significant injury, Andrea Johnson. And, and so, you know, I think it, it weakens their position to potentially make a trade. I mean, cause Johnson might've been the guy going out the door if, if they pulled off the kind of move that, that we're anticipating. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that they really want to go get a rental. You know, they, they might feel compelled to, just to, for a little bit more safeguarding and to, you know, be able to take Lilligren out of the lineup, for example. But, 
Um, you know, I, I, th- I think largely this is probably the team they're going to have unless uh, Kyle Dubas has a, has a rabbit up his sleeve, which, you know, it is possible. Um, but, you know, th- it's hard to solve big problems, I think, at the deadline. The deadline's more about, uh, you know, depth and those types of things. And, and you know, the Leafs, uh, I guess if there's a silver lining, if Janssen's injury is, is serious and long-term, they, they do gain more cap space potentially to, to make a move. But, um, you know, I, I don't know if this is the time that they're going to get bold with that sort of thing. Hey, one just quirky question, just curious. Now, I know you're not in the bowels there, but we're getting used to Sheldon Keith starts his postgame conferences later than Mike Babcock did. I remember years ago, CJ and, and Nick, that Steve Stavro loved Pat Quinn, and he would go in, they'd have a glass of cognac after the game, so Pat would be <laughs> a while coming out. We weren't doing the, <laughs> the postgame interviews live back then, but what his his routine postgame uh, being different than Babcock's, you got any idea? Does he talk to the players more or what, what it is? I don't know what's holding him up, but I, I will say in general his routine, it, even pregame, is different than, than Mike Babcock. I mean, Mike, you could set your watch to Mike without even wearing it if, if you're around every day. You, you knew where he'd be and when. You know, scrums didn't go longer than five minutes. All kinds of things. You know, Sheldon tends to come out later in the morning. He, he comes out a little later after the game. He talks for longer. You know, it's, it's a different pace of play. Um, but you know, I, I don't really have, unfortunately, any insight into what he's doing. Back there, I presume they're going over clips or uh, decompressing from the game, talking about you know which players they liked and didn't like, and the, the sort of things you'd expect a coaching staff to do. But you're right; he's not uh, he's not quite as prompt as his predecessor in terms of getting to the podium. But that's not a complaint; just an observation. No, I just was curious. I thought he was having a cognac with you, but I guess not. I guess okay. not. No, uh, if CJ. he was, I, maybe I'd be a little better on these radio hits, though. You know, <laughs> loosen up a little. Never. Uh, we love you, and I'll fully um, be all over that if we're doing that type of hit here for the broadcast. Uh, CJ, excellent job. Thanks so much for this. Appreciate it. No problem. And I'm on dry island through the uh, trade deadline, so I wouldn't be able to be in shit <laughs> and that sort of thing tonight anyway. Okay. My condolences. There's Chris Johnson of uh, Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and HockeyNet in Canada. Dry island, Valentine's Day. Doesn't go um, hand-to-hand, does it? No, but he's, uh, he's, <laughs> Red a, con- Vino does. he's a consummate pro. He so is. We love CJ. Till- to what, 11, almost just uh, T-minus 11 days till the trade deadline. Yeah, so then CJ's going to go buck wild after the trade deadline, February 24th. Can't wait for that. We'll see what the Maple Leafs do. But again, running out of time on this season. Now 24 games remaining. We hear in the postgame presser and the thoughts there from CJ that Andreas Janssen, knee injury tonight, and it does not look good at no. all, which uh, keeps to the theme of the NHL right now, the injury bug. The second wave this season, earlier this season, early on, it was it was going around. Now it's going around again with the flu. It's It's been pandemonium and uh, sort of good on these younger players, by the way, relishing these moments being called up. Jason Robertson uh, makes his NHL debut tonight in the absence of Joe Pavelski and, and Alex Radulov and registers his first NHL point. So don't forget it moments, uh, forget about moments like that. Meantime, we'll continue to break down this 3-2 loss here at Scotiabank Arena. Against the Dallas Stars, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic still to come. I will go inside the locker room, get you prepped for another busy weekend and back-to-back for the Maple Leafs Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the Ottawa Senators and the Buffalo Sabres. And uh, we'll have the VTech call of the game upcoming as well here at Scotiabank Arena. Leafs Nation postgame brought to you by your GTA Acker retailers right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Subscribe to our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. No medical exam or health questions will be asked. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, the fan Nick Alberga joined alongside Gord Selleck. 
breaking down, decompressing a 3-2 loss here to the Dallas Stars on home ice here at Scotiabank Arena. The Maple Leafs now head on the road for three games starting Saturday and Sunday against uh, the Ottawa Senators and the Buffalo Sabres respectively before going off on Tuesday to Pittsburgh to take on Jason Zucker, um, who's now a member um, loud on your... Uh, I was watching the Cassian kick. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? I was watching the Cassian kick. Like Gord's watching the, the Netflix series. I don't know what he's watching. What are you watching on Netflix these days? The Cassian kick. That's what yes. I'm watching. Okay, that's yes. a new one. Uh, yeah, and that's something we'll talk about momentarily. Zach Cassian being an idiot again. And he signed a well, contract to pay to the NHL now. But Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. in the game against, yeah, we'll talk about that. We got the VTech call of the game yet, guys? We got that going? We got that cooking yet? No? Okay. We'll have that coming up. Don't worry. Um, but, yeah, um, so the Leafs lose here, 3-2 the final. Again, uh, Dallas, full value, Gord, I would say, on this victory. I thought Ben Bishop was steady. The Maple Leafs turned things on, I would say, in the second half of the game following, you know, the fight uh, with Kyle Clifford and Jamie Alexiak. And also, maybe you can draw parallels to them switching up their top six, too, uh, but going away from the negotiation line, going back to what we've seen the last couple months. I think got the got the team going offensively a bit more. Yeah, and to go back where you started, like Chris Johnson said it, you yeah. know, it's a three two loss. It wasn't a terrible loss at all. Just getting those goals first shots in each of the three periods, which is so unusual about that. Like you, the the first shot in each of the three periods Dallas scored. I don't yeah. I really don't remember that off the top of my head that happening either for or against the Maple Leafs. I got I mean, a guy you can call and, and text. And Stevie Fellin? Yeah. Well, we could try him, but just it's, it's one of those quirky ones, and it's just exactly the way you don't want to start any period. And, and Start on time. Uh, you, you look at uh, what's going on in the sun, Nashville having an off season, Winnipeg having their struggles, you know, on and on. Well, Minnesota looks like they could win tonight, maybe getting back into it. But all of a sudden, Dallas is really, you know, from a team we keep thinking about, Jim Light's, their president a year and a half ago, just lighting a fire, no pun intended, no pun intended on the team yeah. and Jamie Benn and, and Tyler Sagan. Then you keep thinking, geez, they must have had some struggles. But they've got a nicely put together team heading into the playoffs. They're a fascinating team to me because they got some guys who can score. Again, no Radulov, no Pavelski in this game, but they play more of a defensive brand, but a better one than we saw with Arizona. I was puzzled the other night when you have guys like Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall not known for the defensive game, and they're playing in a defensive system. It does not make sense to me. A bit different. There is a team buy-in here in Dallas, and you're totally right. Like I think Dallas is making the playoffs, and I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Look at that central. I think if your team's in that division, you just hope you beat up on each other, and that's likely to happen. Uh, St. Louis won in the Cup last year. But, Gord, it's time for the keys to victory. Brought to you by your Toronto Ford dealers. Get up to $10,500 in rebates and select new 2019 F-150 models before you're in, we don't have it yet. Wait, we're going to talk about the keys to victory. We mentioned the oh, keys my to bad. victory earlier about my that. My goodness. But to go over them, one we mentioned was Gurianov, and he got that goal early on. was one because I thought he'd been Call the a game. That's goal-scoring assassin early on. It's my first year Also here. was about... Uh, in Freddie Anderson getting a start, just now having a tandem. <laughs> so professional. And the man. other was getting William Nylander going, and he really didn't get going tonight. So those are some of our keys to victory. But <laughs> we'll talk about the end of the game and the call of the game. It's been a long season. Uh, it's time for the VTech call of the there game. Is that better? Is this the right one? Okay. Win the ultimate Toronto sports getaway with the VTech wake-up call. Call 416-413-4141. Leave a message and set your alarms every Friday morning for your chance at the weekly $500 prize. To qualify for the grand prize, visit sportsnet.ca slash 590 for details. Draw one by Toronto, fed back of the net, but then off a stick it comes back to the blue line. Trapped there by Robertson with a pass in front of the net. They're going to score! A loose puck 
springs across the gold crease, and Tyler Sagan is there, the Brampton native, to fire it into a gaping cage to restore the two-goal lead for the Dallas Stars. Shout out to our friends at VTech for the call of the game. And Tyler Sagan, 17-game goal is shot over that had to feel good. And I'm sure he had a lot of family members in attendance for this one. An empty net essentially on the power play. But again, it was the call that led to the power play that left us a bit bitter tonight. Yeah, that was right. John Tavares penalty. Yeah. Dean Morton made the call. Chintzy, chintzy call early in the third period. Uh, and Tavares gave him the uh, shoo-shoo kind of flippant wave which is see you later which is the equivalent of an john Tavares being enraged because he's always a consummate <laughs> pro who you know keeps it keeps his wits about he sleeps himself. at center ice we know yes that, that's yeah. right he yeah. sleeps here all the time according to the mattress <laughs> commercial and and you know it's again you got to kill the penalty uh penalties are part of the game yeah uh you know, iffy penalties are part of the game. I just wish chintzy penalties wouldn't be part of the game. I concur with that, but sometimes they do happen. They've happened on both sides of the spectrum as well, and you got to rally around that. you got to kill that penalty. The Maple Leafs did not. And again, that was a prevailing theme in this game. First period, early goal. Second period, early goal. Third period, early goal. So that's your story. A 3-2 win here for Dallas on the road here in Toronto. Let's go inside the locker room and join the man we just talked about and the captain, John Tavares. Yeah, they're uh, you know very well structured and... Uh... They don't mind if don't mind if it's a, a sleepy type type of night, and you know, they have good depth uh, through all four lines that play extremely hard. Uh, very good mobile D that you know handle pressure really well. Uh, they got really good sticks, whether it's just you know closing time and space or closing off passing shooting lanes. Um, so we just try to stay with it. Unfortunately, uh, um, you know we're able to get it done today. So the team took some energy from Clifford's fight day in the second. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great job by Cliff. Uh, provided some good life for us and. Then we got a big goal from Maddie, so uh, certainly was a was a really good spark. Got the building into it, and uh, we seem to have a better jump out for that. You sense a loss of focus early in periods tonight, or is that just kind of a flip type thing? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it happens from time to time. I, I think obviously, you know, we want to want to start games, start periods uh, uh, consistently well. Um, obviously, put us in the hole uh, tonight. So obviously, an area, you know, we we clean that up tonight. I think. Uh, uh, we have a better opportunity to win. As the game progressed, did you think that the club did a better job of putting pressure on Bishop, at least getting shots in closest we saw from Zach? Yeah, I think uh, we knew it was going to be a tough night getting to the interior of the ice, uh, into the middle, around the net. He's a very good goalie, and like I said, they, they play a really well-structured game, uh, and all four lines, all 60, really contribute to that. So you really have to earn your ice, earn your opportunities. Patience um, is going to be key. You know, unfortunately, uh, um, being down a couple uh, at different points of the game uh, obviously made it tough and, and uh, just ran out of time. Is that a frustration at the official on the call, or are you more upset with yourself in that situation? Well, I, did, I personally didn't like the call. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, I just didn't like it. Okay. You know, I probably can handle my emotions better than that, but, you know, it's a, it's a tight hockey game, and um, I just didn't like it. All right, there you have it, uh, John Tavares, and uh, spoke his mind. But, again, very professional about it, as he normally is, being the captain of this Maple Leaf squad, but certainly I think looking for a better weekend ahead. It's sort of fascinating the last week or so. It's been such a roller coaster. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but I asked Twitter to, to, to put a GIF and sort of to describe their NHL team, and a lot of Leafs fans sending me a roller coaster, pretty much what this season has been, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. You know, but it's been kind of two extremes as well. So the yeah. roller coaster, the up and down, up and down, it's just been a down. It was like the plunge 
with Mike Babcock just never really got going, and then there was the upward climb. And, and now, you, you know, we have to keep perspective that yeah. the record under Sheldon Keefe is still a really good record. You know, so these are, you know, these should have, if this is the way they started the season, these would kind of be small roller coasters for a team that the Leafs would be in the east where the Dallas Stars now are in the west. You know, a little bit of a, a bumper, a little bit of points, a little bit of distance they put between other teams and themselves. 21-10-4 is that record Gord has an referenced record, yeah. under Sheldon Keefe. Uh, let's quickly look at the out-of-town scoreboard, the games that matter in this market in terms of scoreboard watching. Uh, the Islanders down 5 nothing late in the third period in Nashville. Uh, so that's good news for the Maple Leafs. Also, we mentioned the uh, Florida Panthers losing 6-2 on home ice to the Philadelphia Flyers. That's good and bad because the Flyers involved in the convo. Victor Olsen. Well, didn't get the three-point game. Yeah. That's the well, one that's you really don't want if you're good watching point. scoreboard. Um, Columbus picks up another point, although they lose uh, in OT in a goal from Victor Olofsson, who came back from injury. Had two goals in this game for Buffalo. Three-point night for Jack Eichel. Tampa wins again. They're still one point back of the Boston Bruins uh, for first in the division. They defeat the Edmonton Oilers 3-1. Um, other than that, not really seeing some other games that would have any bearing on the Maple Leafs in the standings. But I, I, bottom line, they still control their own destiny, Gordon. The good news is that Florida lost tonight. Still have a game in hand on the Maple Leafs. But leading into this weekend, you got the uh, Ottawa Senators Saturday night, Buffalo on Sunday night. Now, one out of town. So that's a tough loss for Arizona tonight, 3-2 in Ottawa. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Arizona fighting for all their points. Ottawa still winning games every now and then, being competitive, putting some fight up. But you're right. Back in the mic, just when Sheldon Keefe took over, let me get my bearings right, but they had that span right around U.S. Thanksgiving, and three out of four points went the way of the Sabres. Remember that? They played them Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And that was when they One had a little American bit of, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was a little we bit of a hiccup pizza. they had. That's correct. Yeah, we pizza. didn't have turkey in that. No, but we don't do that. One of the games was a turkey, so that's what they have to <laughs> you know, get on track, capitalize on the uh, playing Ottawa and Buffalo this weekend. The season really does fly by because it seemed like that was yesterday, and that was like, what, late November? And now we're... Parts of it flies by and parts yeah. of it drags on. But it's working right. with Gord Stellick, an just, ultimate professional. It's just a pleasure. It just, yeah, <laughs> it just it's a pleasure by. working with yourself, eh? Yeah. Okay. All right. So working with myself seems to fly by. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Gord Stellick's the best. Um, just your thoughts here on this weekend. Uh, you got to take care of business. Buffalo always gives Toronto problems. For that matter, Ottawa yeah, always gives them issues, right? So. Yeah. Ottawa and the Ottawa does as well. Yeah. They did the other time, and you know, so uh, so tonight as well. Sheldon Keith just alluded that. There's some other stuff going on, whether it's the flu bug or whatever. They're going to take a day away from the rink tomorrow, fly to Ottawa later in the day. So hopefully they, not just the big aches and pains, but whatever, the small aches and pains and whatever flu bug or whatever else is going around uh, is something they can get remedied. And uh, don't forget to catch a Leafs Nation post game coming up on Saturday night. We'll have the entire broadcast on Sunday as well. But two more pivotal games upcoming this weekend. I'd like to thank everybody at Master Control and Josh Santos and uh, Show Ali and also Sam McKee and Vic Palladian here on location for keeping this show clearly on the rails because I can't read tonight and can't read properly in terms of what I'm supposed to read. But nonetheless, we get set for Saturday, Gord. Sounds good. We'll be at it. And uh, a couple of, yeah, tilts. Not the teams are battling for the playoff spot, but divisional matchups. Leafs fall 3-2 here against Dallas. It's been Leafs Nation postgame brought to you by your GTA Acura Retailers.